Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Katie Clack. Katie is a personal chef and restaurateur specializing in healthy meal prepping. With her unique meal plans, she teaches people how to batch cook individual ingredients that can be mixed and matched throughout the week to create a variety of delicious and healthy meals. She focuses on teaching people helpful and time-saving habits to take the stress out of their weekly cooking so they can spend more time doing what they love. In the episode, Katie shares a few ingredients you can batch cook once and use all week, tips for maintaining variety without things getting too complicated, how to fit meal prepping into your chaotic life with kids, and more. Before we get to the episode, I want to share one of my favorite, favorite resources with you, Dry Farm Wines. If you're a wine lover like me, but haven't made the switch to natural wines, you're going to want to make the switch ASAP. Alcohol manufacturers aren't required to post ingredients or nutrition facts on their bottles, which is how they're able to sneak in sugar and other additives. Fortunately, Dry Farm Wines has come to the rescue. Their natural wines are lab-tested to ensure they're sugar-free, lower in sulfites and alcohol, and free from all industrial additives. Since I've grown accustomed to drinking natural wine, even the most expensive conventional wines can give me a headache and make me feel gross. If you've never tried Dry Farm Wines, you're going to be immediately hooked by the flavor and quality of their products as well as their top-notch customer service. To get a bottle of Dry Farm Wines for just a penny, visit dryfarmwines.com slash thehealthinvestment, or just click through the link in the show notes. And one more thing, if you've been on a weight loss roller coaster for years, trying everything from keto to weight watchers to exercising a ton to detoxing from sugar but nothing has worked, I have some great news for you. Outside of hosting this podcast, I help health-motivated individuals drop those pesky pounds for good without giving up carbs, eating clean 24-7, exercising a bunch, or other nonsense. Unlike more extreme approaches that compromise your physical and mental well-being and end up sucking the fun out of life, I help you lose 5 to 50 pounds for the last time so that you can start living your best life as the trimmest, healthiest, most confident, most energized version of yourself. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com or connect with me on Instagram at thehealthinvestment. And please, please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. I absolutely love hearing from you. All right, it's time to hear from Katie. Enjoy. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, 
eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I was sharing that I have had a meal planning, meal prepping. Um, She kind of talked about doing everything on a budget as well. I had someone like that on before, and it was a huge hit with my audience because I think everyone is always trying to figure out how can I spend less time in the kitchen so that Mm -hmm. I can spend more time doing the things I love, which is exactly what you say. So I'm excited to hear all of your expert tips on this. Oh, great. Well, I could talk about food all day long, so I'm in the perfect place. (laughs) Excellent. Yes, let's do that. Uh, So can you share, how did you get started with meal prep? Or I know you're also a personal chef as well. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Yeah, definitely. So I kind of discovered my love of cooking when I was in college. So I shifted gears from the degree I was pursuing. And I started a little catering company where I was doing some jobs for family and friends. And then uh, a couple years later, that evolved into owning a restaurant um, and like a coffee shop and stuff, which was really fun. And wow. then, and fun, but also super hard work too. Yeah. You know? And I kind of <laughs> <what> learned, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a whole other podcast episode in itself. Yeah. Um, but I learned that, you know, just because you love cooking and serving people, doesn't mean you should open a restaurant. Mm. So um, kind of through that process, when I knew that we weren't going to be doing the restaurant for, you know, the foreseeable future, I started to take on some personal chef clients. And I just, I loved that so much. It really like, you know, I loved being able to be creative and work really closely and one-on-one with people and helping them solve solve their problems. Um, And so that was really fun. And in particular, I had kind of my primary client and she was on kind of a modified uh, FODMAP diet. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't speak like super intelligently about exactly what the diet means, but for her specifically, she couldn't have uh, garlic or onions, any nightshade uh, foods. So I had to you know, really get creative about how to, uh, you know, add flavor without garlic and onions, which was kind of crazy. But yeah, we learned- those are the go-tos. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, oh, the ultimate challenge. And so within like the first week or so of working with them, we kind of realized that they weren't a big fan of me just, you know, making these meals that they just had to pop in the oven ahead of time. And, um, So we kind of worked together to come up with a different solution because it wasn't that they didn't like cooking. It was that they were kind of stuck in the rut of always making the same things and they did want to save some time. And so we came up with this system where I would sort of just batch cook these individual ingredients and then I would give them kind of a roadmap of different ideas of how they could put those together into different meals. And then it was up to them at mealtime, they could just kind of decide what sounded good. And then most of the legwork was already done and they would just kind of have to finish things off a little bit Um, because with her allergies, she might, she was still kind of figuring out what was triggers or not. So she might've had something, uh, you know, at lunchtime that she didn't realize, oh, you know, eggplant isn't sitting very well with me, you know, 
I had to have something where she could be able to pivot at a moment's notice and adjust what was on the menu for dinner. And Hmm. they could kind of customize that if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, so kind of like working with them to come up with this system, it just really started to click. Like even with my own family, you know, my husband doesn't like to eat what he thinks of as like leftovers as well. Mm. So it just made a lot more sense the more we thought about it, like kind of going with this batch ingredient route. Right. Oh man. So many people don't like leftovers and I'm just such a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, some things are better the next day, like lasagna and whatnot. So, but you know, there's a time and a place. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, and it's good to have an alternative, like you're saying, to have a bunch of ingredients and a roadmap for them. So you're kind of eating leftover things because you've already prepared them, but it's not yeah. the same meal yeah, multiple I, days in a row. I think of it as being kind of like a head start for dinner. Mm. And also if you have a family with, you know, maybe kids or teenagers and everybody has different taste buds, you don't want to have to make three different meals from start to finish, but this way you can kind of leave certain things out and, uh, you know, it doesn't create so much extra work to be able to accommodate everybody's needs. Have you always been interested in cooking, even as a kid? Or did you have a parent or grandparent that taught you? No, um, I did not. I grew up on a lot of like mac and cheese and tuna noodle casseroles and kind of like all American comfort food kind of classics. Um, And I had no interest in cooking at all. But when I was in college, I lived with some roommates who were a little bit older than me. And they all worked in restaurants and they would come home and they all knew how to cook these amazing things. And so sort of out of pride, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to learn how to cook so I can (laughs) keep up with these people. Um, And I started watching the Food Network and, you know, watching like Barefoot Contessa and Bobby Flay and Jada De Laurentiis and all these people. And I was watching them and I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, this is totally doable. And so I started and there was just no looking back. Like once I learned how to cook things in a way that I liked them, it just opened up doors to like all these new ingredients that I thought I hated growing up, like, you know, Mm. mushrooms and onions and bell peppers. And, um, and then I just kind of learned how to uh, cook them in this new magical way and just fell in love with everything. I mean, yeah, that's so inspiring and awesome. I still consider myself a very rudimentary cook, if you would even call me, call me a cook, (laughs) but I think it's awesome when, you can kind of figure out and develop recipes and all of the things that go into them and the different amounts. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. such a skill, I think. So really cool that you've been able to develop that over time. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to get to the point where I felt like I could cook without a recipe. Like I used to think, oh my, there's like, I'm never going to figure this out and I'm always going to have to follow a recipe. But then over time, you just, it just kind of happens naturally and you realize, oh, I just kind of intuitively know how to do this. And, you know, you kind of learn where you have wiggle room with stuff and where you don't. And so, yeah. and that's why I'm not a very good baker because <laughs> you have Same. to be so precise. And yeah. I'm just like, I'll leave that to the, the other pros. <laughs> yeah, totally. Somebody uh, sent me a meme the other day, which is so me about baking, where you look at the list of ingredients as mm-hmm. just suggestions. <laughs> and if you don't have something, you just leave it out and you substitute something else. And so that's kind of how I cook as well. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't translate for baking. No, I ruin pretty much every single thing I try to bake. <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Ugh. Well, so you've mentioned batch cooking and then mm-hmm. 
I know meal prepping is another mm-hmm. term. So what is the difference, if there is, is any, between those two terms? So I kind of think of meal prepping as like the umbrella category of preparing your food ahead of time. And batch cooking falls under that umbrella. So to me, it means to make like a large batch of individual ingredients. And from there, you can use those to make a variety of meals throughout the week. So when most people think of meal prep, they think of meals that are already made to completion and portioned out. Uh, The benefit to this is portion control if you're trying to lose weight or count your macros, things like that. Um, And the fact that the meals just need to be reheated and they're ready to go. But the downside is that you feel like you're eating leftovers and it can really compromise the freshness of your meals. I see. So, okay. So that makes sense. So literally meal prepping, the word meal is in there. So it's more Mm -hmm. kind of full things already made versus batch cooking them would be big batches of grains Mm -hmm. or chicken or vegetables or things. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So then if there's somebody out there who's listening and they're thinking, I don't have the time or energy for batch cooking or meal prep. I mean, Mm -hmm. what is the case to do this? How does it ultimately help you in your own life? And how have you seen that it helps people in general? Um, So for me personally, it's a lot about saving time and being strategic with my money and buying in bulk. Um, I also find it's a lot easier to make healthy eating decisions when you have that healthy food, like ready to go right at your fingertips. Mm. Um, As someone who loves to cook, it doesn't mean that I want to spend so much time in the kitchen cooking and cleaning every single night. Um, But at the end of a long workday, I'm exhausted and I just want to give my kids my attention without struggling to put dinner on the table at the same time. So by making some of these ingredients ahead of time, it drastically cuts down on the time I spend in the kitchen cooking and cleaning. And then just also that stress of like that never ending question of what's for dinner tonight. (laughs) So if you can kind of do that all in one shot, so to say, then you're kind of giving yourself that grace the rest of the week to be able to relax a little. When you were saying that in terms of healthy choices, it was Mm -hmm. making me think you kind of create your own fast food so that you don't have to go get fast food when you're exhausted because absolutely it's probably even faster yeah, to I make mean, something using your own ingredients than to drive through a McDonald's drive through and wait and drive home. Absolutely. And even when you think you're, you know, you're not necessarily getting fast food like McDonald's, but you're still ordering up from restaurants, like you have no idea what they're putting in the food right. and like how much butter or cream or, you know, all that stuff. So it really allows you to control that a lot better and and make those healthy choices and and just save so much money from ordering out all the time. Right. What do you think is the most difficult part of meal prep or batch cooking for you or just for somebody getting started? Um, I think it's the same for me as well as it is for other people. Um, And that's just like dedicating the time and carving out a big chunk of your day to do the prep. I've especially noticed this during the summertime when we're spending our time on the weekends, you know, camping and being outdoors and doing fun stuff. So instead of dedicating like an hour or two, you know, of uh, time to meal prepping on a Sunday, I'll break it into smaller chunks. Mm. So, for example, like last Sunday morning, I was just enjoying my coffee. I started a batch of quinoa in the Instant Pot, and then I started braising some chicken in the slow cooker and just let that kind of do its thing while we got started for our day and 
went about, you know, having, I can't remember what we did. I think we had a birthday party that day or something. And then we came home and after the kids went to bed, I finished off, you know, roasting some vegetables and uh, making some hard boiled eggs and stuff. So it was a lot more manageable by just bringing it down into smaller pieces. Yeah, I think there maybe is a misconception because I have this hang up too that Mm -hmm. you have to spend an entire day Mm -hmm. prepping in advance. And you said Sunday. I think that's typically a popular day. Mm -hmm. But what you just described, it's not hands-on time for an entire day. It's maybe 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. Absolutely. And then you're saving yourself that time later in the week when things are probably busier. Absolutely. And a lot of what I kind of prep ahead of time, it allows so that when it is dinner time on a Monday or Tuesday, it'll take maybe five to 10 minutes where all I have to do is boil some pasta or something like that, you know, cooking that off fresh. Um, And the other thing that I'll sometimes do is I'll do like a small, you know, a couple things on a Sunday. And then I might do a little bit more meal prepping on like a Wednesday night to get us through the remainder of the week. So it doesn't, there's no hard and fast rule that it all has to be done on Sunday. It doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming, like daunting thing that you're taking on. Like, like with any big goal, you break it down into smaller, more manageable chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. What about, I know you have kids. So how do you balance the prepping you're doing in advance or even nightly cooking with mm-hmm. their demands? Yeah, this is by far the biggest struggle for me lately. Um, I try to remind myself that there's different seasons of life and that this is just one of those challenging seasons right now. I have a two-year-old. She doesn't take a nap. So I don't have that, you know, two-hour chunk during the day where I can tackle some of this stuff. Um, So like I just mentioned, kind of breaking it up into little 30-minute chunks makes it a lot more manageable. Um, You know, I can get her busy with the task, you know, drawing or something and and then I'll do a couple things and then you know I might have to you know switch gears with her because her attention span is so short and you know we'll switch to play-doh and then I'll kind of you know tackle something else really quick so I really try to focus on stuff that's pretty hands-off that doesn't require me to you know have to babysit it on the stove or the grill if I know that I'm also going to be juggling my kids at the same time do you do you get your 10 year old involved at all sometimes so yeah there's certain things that he he does like to help with like if we're making meatballs he would love to roll the meatballs or Mm. um you know shredding up the chicken with the the tongs or you know stuff like that i try to keep him away from the the heat of the cooking yeah and uh and the knives yeah and the (laughs) knives yep that too that's probably a smart choice yeah and i do notice that he's a lot more apt to trying new things if he's involved in the cooking Mm. process and feels like he can have a say in what kind of ingredients we're putting in there yeah i mean i don't have kids yet but it does seem also like you're setting such a good example for them even though it could probably be super challenging at times when they're needing your attention. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they see you doing this on a regular basis and really making healthy ingredients a priority, Mm -hmm. I think is also going to kind of ingrain in them that this is something we do to kind of Mm -hmm. keep our bodies fit and strong and healthy. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. I'm going to try and remind myself of that next time I get (laughs) frustrated. (laughs) Well, yeah. And even your two-year-old, you know, she's seeing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we all prioritize different things. We make time Mm -hmm. for different things. And so a lot of 
nutrition and weight loss and health habits, I think just come down to making things work. Like Mm -hmm. it's your, I kind of say in so many words to clients that I work with, or, you know, in my Instagram messaging that there's never going to be a perfect time Mm -hmm. to meal prep or to lose weight or to exercise. Like Mm -hmm. life is never going to just bow down to you and make everything simple and easy and awesome. So it's really about figuring out how to instill these habits into your daily life, even Mm -hmm. when things are chaotic and crazy. Mm -hmm. I heard a quote recently that's really stuck with me and it can apply to so many different areas of life, whether it's, you know, exercising or, you know, some sort of business goal you're working on or even meal prepping. And it's like, every time you make the excuse that you don't have time for something, replace that with the phrase that I'm not, this isn't a priority to me right now is what Mm -hmm. you're really saying. Because, you know, it's up to us to choose how we spend our time. So it's not that we don't have the time. It's just that you're choosing to do something else. So you have to be really honest with yourself. Like, is it a priority or not? Yeah, it's that tough love moment. Yeah, it's, it's hard to hear sometimes, but, you know, it definitely helps you reframe your mindset around it. And I think, you know, you mentioned you can do it in small increments here and there. It doesn't have to be that you give up an entire Sunday every week or an entire day. And I would also think, how can you make it more fun? Could you put... Mm your iPad in the kitchen oh, yes. and play an hour of your favorite movie or maybe save. I know with podcasts, when I used to mm-hmm. be in New York City and commuting, I would save podcasts for my commute and then it made my commute super fun rather Absolutely. than something I dreaded. So maybe there's a certain podcast, maybe mm-hmm. it's this podcast yes. <laughs> that you listen to and you kind of save things so that it makes it more special. And it's, it's not, oh, this is the hour I have to spend in the kitchen. It's, mm-hmm. oh, this is the hour I get to watch that TV show I've really wanted to watch. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or like, you know, good music is a must for me. Uh, if I find myself doing it at the end of the night, like a glass of wine is always mm-hmm. something to look forward to that just kind of helps you take a deep breath and not be so stressed out about it. Like just enjoy the process. So I love the idea you shared about kind of debunking the, I don't have time Mm -hmm. (laughs) excuse. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who would say, I don't have money, healthy food costs too much. How would you tackle that notion? Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can get strategic, especially if you have a membership at, um, you know, like a big bulk wholesale store like a Costco. I found they have really great prices on, you know, big bags of quinoa or nuts, uh, you know, frozen mixed berries, that kind of stuff that you can kind of stock up on. Um, You know, if you have a local farmer's market, that's always a great way uh, to get your veggies because usually even if they're not labeled as organic because they don't have the certification, a lot of times they are. So Mm. you can get them for a lot cheaper than you would organic food at the grocery store. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, you know, I'm not the, the budget friendly meal prep specialist. Like, uh, who was the other person you interviewed? Is it oh, Megan. Megan? Yeah. yeah. She, yeah. So that's another episode I can link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. People can go back and listen to that one. But yeah, I think like you're saying buying in bulk and when you really break down the cost of every meal, it's, it, I mean, I've seen people do it. I haven't done it really myself, but it's still it substantially less. Yeah. Yeah. Substantially less to take out or even sometimes fast food, depending mm-hmm. on what you're making. Oh, I know. And, you know, if you 
if you can't afford to buy organic everything, which is fine, like no, no shame in that, you right. know, you can kind of look at the, the dirty dozen list and the clean 15 and kind of buy the things organic where it makes the most sense and where you're going to get the most uh, return on that investment. What are some things that you kind of batch cook on repeat? Are there things that you make every week or things that you kind of make once a month? What are your go-tos? Yeah. So like for breakfast, it would be stuff that I can easily grab and go on my way out the door. So like overnight oats, chia puddings and yogurt parfaits. Um, I'll batch cook uh, like breakfast burritos and freeze those. So you just Mm. have to warm those up. Um, So those are great for breakfast items. Um, Those little, uh, what do you call them? Like egg bites, like a little egg frittata thing. That's always great too. Um, And I'll try to rotate, you know, through my favorites maybe once or twice a month so that we're not eating the same thing all the time. Or, you know, switch up the ingredients. Like you kind of have your base frittata recipe, but then you switch it up with whatever, you know, produce is in season at the time. Mm-hmm. And then for lunches, I would say I, t- I do a ton of grain bowls and salads so that I can, I kind of use those as my, if this sounds bad, but like my dumping ground for yeah. you know, a hodgepodge of different ingredients. Um, and that's an easy way to you have variety in your lunches each day of the week. And you can kind of just change up the sauce and maybe the protein and kind of play around with that a little bit. So you still have that variety, but you kind of have the same base recipe for that as well. Um, gosh, for dinners, I would say I do a lot of, you know, tacos and tostadas. Um, you know, we eat a lot of pasta, but I don't necessarily meal prep that ahead of time, but, or like, you know, say I want to make enchiladas, I'll meal prep the enchilada sauce and the shredded chicken and maybe saute some peppers and onions on a Sunday. And then I can turn those into enchiladas really quickly, whereas normally they might take like half an hour to 45 minutes to make everything from scratch on a weeknight, which is just too much. Do you usually make the components for one maybe one or two dinners on a Sunday or how does that work? How do you, how do you use the roadmap idea? Yeah. So, um, when I had the restaurant, there was this thing that's kind of like a universal, uh, you know, rule that all restaurants abide by is like the rule of five. So if you have one ingredient, you have to be able to use it in five different, um, meals across the menu so that you can justify the time that you spend you know, storing it and prepping it and cooking it and all that stuff. So that would be a a bit much for (laughs) your household, but I try to make things that can at least be used twice um, as like a general rule of thumb. And one way I'll do this is like, in order to still have that variety, I'll take one ingredient, but maybe I'll chop it two different ways or like take a sweet potato, for instance, like such a great base ingredient. I'll take it and maybe spiralize it so I can use that in like a quick, you know, breakfast hash kind of situation. Um, or, you know, I will even make kind of like pasta with sweet potato noodles kind of a thing. Um, and then maybe I'll cube up another sweet potato and roast it. And then we can use that in grain bowls and salads and stuff. So same, th- same thing with zucchini. That works great because that spiralizes as well. Um, butternut squash, carrots, um, you know, or, or mashing too. So like same thing with the sweet potato, you can cube half of it and then maybe mash up the other half so that you're still, 
eating the same ingredient a lot and it's a lot less effort to do that, but you don't feel like you're just eating the same thing over and over again. Right. So are you typically prepping some type of animal protein, some type of grain and some type of vegetable every week? Exactly. Yeah. And then usually like a salad dressing and a sauce as well. So like maybe a pesto and then a lemon vinaigrette or citrus vinaigrette kind of a thing. Something that could be used on a salad as well as maybe use it as a marinade later on. Oh, okay. And then you're also maybe not cooking everything, but like you mentioned, the spiraling Mm -hmm. the sweet potato. So that probably cooks up pretty quickly. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't want it to be mushy or something. So it's just all ready to go. Yeah. And it still saves so much time. But it's going to taste a lot fresher than if you made everything from scratch or, you know, from start to finish a couple days ahead of time. Right. And then pasta, you mentioned you make that because that's so quick. So you can just do that the night of. But then you would already have the sauce and the chicken, Mm -hmm. let's say, ready to go. Yeah. And then add to it. Yeah. Then you're just kind of assembling stuff as opposed to cooking it so much. Right. Yeah. That's a great idea. So (laughs) you spend... 10, 15 minutes in the night, at night, in the weeknight, assembling rather than cooking. Yes. Cooking is just maybe one day. And it's drastically less dishes to wash, too, Mm. on a weeknight, which is much appreciated. Right. For sure. I like to think of it as cooking smarter, not harder. Right. Just making everything as simple. Yes. Simple and and efficient. Totally. Yeah, those are my favorite words. <laughs> I'm sure they're if I'm sure they're everybody's favorite words. I I think too, you know, there can be a time and a place for trying a really fancy cool new recipe. Oh yeah. But if you're working to eat more nutritiously or to lose weight or to feel stronger or fitter, mm-hmm. I mean all of these things, these goals you may be working towards with health, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people make the mistake of overcomplicating it and Mm -hmm. thinking you have to buy all of these fancy powders and Mm -hmm. spices and ingredients, even some of the meal delivery services, um, I think can be kind of complicated. I know they portion out, you know, little bits of paprika or whatever Mm -hmm. you would need, but still they can be time intensive. Yes. You don't have to do that with those two. Oh yeah. So much packaging and right. It's, It just can be a lot. So bottom line, it can be so simple. (laughs) And I know people really want to have like a black and white answer. Like this is what you need to do. And I totally understand that. And there's, you know, ways that you can do that with my um, strategies. But I also try to make it as flexible as possible because every week is different. Every household's needs are different. Like I'm constantly looking at the week ahead and thinking, okay, what's going to be the challenge this week with our our work life or extracurricular activities, whatever it might be, you know, family dinners and stuff. So it's like, okay, I know breakfast this week is really going to be a challenge in the mornings because we've got a lot of early mornings. So that's going to be something that I'm going to prioritize. Or maybe we have, you know, a bunch of soccer practices during the weeknights. So I either need to make it as easy as possible or I need to be realistic. Like, okay, we are going to be, you know, eating on the road a lot this week. So I don't have to focus as much on dinner. I'm going to try and do what I can with breakfast and lunch to eat as nutritiously as possible to kind of compensate for that. Mm -hmm. And that's just life, you know? Well, yeah. And I I love that way of going about it too, of not, are there going to be challenges this week, but what are the challenges going to be? Um, 
because it's a different way of framing it. And it's Mm -hmm. going into each week expecting there will always be some type of challenge. So not letting that be something that you get hung up on and Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I have to, you know, not do any of my healthy stuff this week because I have to work late every night. It's just maybe, like you said, maybe you even just freeze some things or maybe mm-hmm. you do more meal prep so yes. things are just ready to go into the I was oven just going to say that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, totally no, a that. time and a place for both. Right. What are some things, you mentioned the bean burritos. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that you prep ahead and freeze? Oh, like meatballs for sure. I mean, you can freeze uh, all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. Soups and stocks, um, you know, baked pasta. Like I love like stuffed pasta shells, but they can be a little labor intensive for a weeknight by the time you, you make this, the filling and stuff them and bake them. So, you know, I, I think my biggest tip for people who are just starting out is like, if you're making anything, try and figure out how you can make a double batch at that same time. And so like, say you're making those double your batch and freeze half, mm-hmm. um, you know, that way when you do have a busy weeknight, it's all ready to go and you're, you're solid. Right. And then you have a frozen meal. Mm-hmm. So instead it's of still homemade. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of buying one at the store, which, you know, there's a time and place for mm-hmm. that too, but mm-hmm. uh, you have some that you prepared yourself. So, you know, all the ingredients and everything. Yes. Are you a big fan of frozen vegetables? Um, uh, same thing. Like there's a time and a place. I always yeah. have a bag of like mixed vegetables in the freezer so that if I want to do a quick weeknight, um, like cauliflower, uh, fried rice, then I can add, you know, the little medley of carrots and peas and corn or whatever it is. Um, definitely frozen fruit. Um, yeah, I always have like, I love frozen cauliflower rice and uh, broccoli rice and that kind of stuff is awesome to have as a base and kind of switch up your, um, you know, your grains by replacing it with those. Um, so those are some of my favorites. You mentioned before that, uh, salads are kind of your toss everything in yes which we love to do too it's kind of use up everything in the fridge (laughs) into your salad um but then we do that a lot too with fried rice Mm -hmm. like you said using like cauliflower rice or any grains and then if you crack Mm -hmm. some eggs into it you get that extra protein and totally that can also just be such an easy hodgepodge in the cast iron Mm -hmm. (laughs) throw all the stuff that you have into the cast iron and see how it tastes yeah totally (laughs) so it's like it's like a mix of you know batch cooking some stuff but then having your little arsenal of like quick and easy weeknight meals that you can you know, pull from even when you haven't, you know, thought ahead. So like I always have frozen shrimp in my Mm. freezer for that reason because it thaws so quickly and there's just so many different things you can make with it. Yeah, that's a good point. Or frozen fish. I interviewed Mm -hmm. a woman who uh, she and her husband have this whole fishing operation Mm. and it's all wild caught fish. She's really cool. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize, I mean, I guess probably everybody knows this, but you can just thaw a fillet of fish in cold water in Mm -hmm. just about 30 minutes. And I don't know why I always thought I had to plan ahead (laughs) the night before and put it in the fridge, but that was just so eye-opening and game-changing because in 30 minutes you can thaw frozen fillet and then that is so quick to cook. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't realize too with seafood that when you're buying it at the grocery store, if it's fresh seafood a lot of times that means that it's already been frozen and thawed out. Right. And so you don't want to freeze that again. Whereas if you're getting something that's 
frozen once, you know, straight from the boat or, you know, uh, that's just as healthy as what you're buying from the seafood department anyways. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'd love to know what are some of the pantry staples you always keep on hand? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably so many. (laughs) Yes, it is. Um, But the ones that I pull from the most are like all the different kinds of grains. So quinoa and barley and farro. Um, I use tahini a lot in different Mm -hmm. sauces. It's such a great base. Um, I love a lot of Mediterranean flavors. So we use sun-dried tomatoes and roasted red peppers a lot. Um, Of course, all the different kinds of beans, uh, lentils, tuna, nut butters. um, Those are the things that I think um, I'm pulling from the most that maybe people don't always think about when they're thinking of their pantry. Yeah. What about spices? What are your go-tos for that? So... That's a great question. And one thing, a point that I want to make about when I'm doing my batch cooking is that a lot of times I'll, you know, not really heavily spice things because I want it to be able to kind of morph into different meals. So, Mm. you know, I want it to be kind of a blank slate. So I might do more with like a sauce that I'm going to add that night. Um, But I would say like cumin and garlic and onion powder for sure. Smoked paprika, chipotle powder. you know, Italian seasoning, just kind of those basics. I do love some of the um, kind of Middle Eastern spice Mm. blends too. Those are so delicious. Yeah. And garlic and onions, you can use those now. (laughs) I can use it for myself at least. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I overcompensate for myself. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, So if somebody's listening and they've never kind of taken this approach to setting up their week before Mm -hmm. and maybe feeling overwhelmed, what is advice you would give to just a complete batch cooking beginner? Yeah, I think it's probably the same advice you would give somebody on their kind of health and wellness journey or with exercise. It's like, start off small. It doesn't have to be this big thing. Even if you just make a batch of hard-boiled eggs for the week, that's still meal prepping. Like Mm -hmm. You just have to be kind to yourself and don't bite off more than you can chew because the goal is to make life easier and not for meal prep to be this big pain in the ass. Like, to be honest, I've done this professionally for a while now, and there's still plenty of times where I want to skip meal prepping for the week because it's just too much on my plate. Um, And during those times, like, I'll just make a batch of eggs, some brown rice, and maybe some roasted veggies. Like, anything is still better than nothing, but it's better to to start, it's better to start small and kind of build your way up once you have really, like, gotten in the rhythm of doing it. Right. And then you gain that confidence Mm -hmm. from the week prior and how awesome that was that I had hard-boiled eggs to grab as a snack. So this next week, how cool would it be if I had something extra like chicken? Yeah. Just start kind of layering it on. And the other thing too is like, you don't have to make everything from scratch. Like you can get a rotisserie chicken and shred it up or, you know, buy a couple store-bought, you know, salad dressings and pesto and some pre-chopped veggies. Like there's no like no judgment there, do what you got to do. So there's no shame in um, kind of leaning on some store-bought items as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Are there any tools that you find have made your life easier in terms of 
I don't know, Tupperware or gadgets or things that you would say, I use this all the time? (laughs) You know, people do ask a lot, like, what's the best container for meal prep? And I always say glass. It has to be like a snapping airtight container. Um, The reason I like glass is because you can put it in the freezer. You can put it straight into the oven. Um, It's dishwasher safe. All those things, you know, we have enough plastic Tupperware in our house that it's nice to not add any more plastic as it is. Yeah. Um, And they hold up really well to the test of time. Yeah. They last forever. Yeah. And the other thing, um, equipment wise, like I love my instant pot because you can do so many different things with it, whether it's pressure cooking or slow cooking. Um, You can make hard boiled eggs in the instant pot. Like it's so versatile and you just kind of put everything in there and you don't have to worry about it for a while. So I love, you know, that kind of hands off stuff. Um, I use a blender and food processor a lot, especially when I'm making sauces and things. Mm. So that's, you know, not necessary, but it is nice to have and you will find yourself using it a ton. Yeah, I will say we switched to all glass Tupperware just because I wanted stuff that would, like you said, stand the test of time. Mm-hmm. Amazing to have, but very terrible when you're moving, I will say. <laughs> yeah, oh, I bet. <laughs> we just moved and yeah, it was boxes of glass, heavy yeah. Tupperware, extra glass for to wrap. So it makes you never want to move again, but it's I, great I believe to have. It. <laughs> for sure. Great to have on the day-to-day basis. No doubt. What about in terms of maybe somebody has batch cooked previously previously in their life, but it only lasted for a short time? How would you recommend staying motivated with this and kind of truly making it a habit? Well, you know, in addition to, again, like not overcomplicating it or biting off more than you can chew, I think with a lot of goals, it's, you know, it often comes down to focusing on the outcome and the feeling that mm. that brings you. So on the days where I'm like, I don't really feel like cooking. I just did this for other people. You know, I really try to think about all that time I'm going to get back in my life in the future with, you know, to be able to go on a bike ride with my kids or go to the park or, you know, just not be spending half an hour washing dishes that night and kind of thinking about all of those positive things. Um, that's what's worked best for me, I guess. Yeah. I interviewed a guy, Dr. Judd, who's really big into the mindset stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was saying the exact same type of thing, giving the example of exercise of if you really tune into the very specific feelings you have when you're done exercising, Mm -hmm. it makes it that much more motivating, even though you don't necessarily feel like it the next Mm -hmm. time you're supposed to work out, you, you can connect to how great you felt and that just kind of makes you want to do it more and more. Um, but that's, that reminded me of that when you were talking about, you know, on a Tuesday night, just maybe really tuning in to, oh my gosh, it only took me 10 minutes mm-hmm. to cook dinner tonight and how great it is that I could spend time with my family. And like you said, you don't have dishes. Yeah. Um, Practicing just, that gratitude is huge. Yeah. And then on the next time, it comes time to get in the kitchen and get your hands dirty. It <laughs> probably makes it a little bit easier to yeah. stick with it. I've heard that same analogy you mentioned too about like weight loss and like say if your goal is to fit into a certain size jean or something like once you fit into those jeans, you kind of like it's not as gratifying as you think it's going to be. Whereas mm. if you focus on, like you said, the endorphins or how, how strong you feel from working out or like being able to walk the stairs up to your office without getting winded, like those things have a much longer lasting um impression on your psyche than just checking off that box of, oh, oh, I, 
I accomplished this, you know? Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm so grateful for all of the knowledge you've shared with us Yay. today. Um, the final question I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? That's a great question. I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> my mantra is always, do something today that your future self will thank you for. Um, I have a problem procrastinating, so I'm constantly reminding myself of this, and it helps in all different areas of life. But prioritizing my health today and making that investment in my health, I'm then investing in my future so I can be around for a long time and be able to be there for my kids. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, that's that's an awesome way to think about it. I think health is such a tricky thing because you can't connect the dots going forward and see how different illnesses you're maybe preventing or mm -hmm. anything down the line by the things you're doing today. Um, so it's I like how you're you know prioritizing things today for your future self and just mm -hmm. keeping in mind that those things are really paying off, even mm -hmm. though you probably will never know mm -hmm. how, fortunately, because you'll stay, you know, feeling really great. Absolutely. Well, it's so nice. And I'm, you know, I loved our conversation and I'm so grateful you had me on today. Oh, me too. I would love, where can listeners follow and find you so that they can connect with you off of this podcast? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram. My handle is at simple underscore spoonfuls. And then I have a website that's um, www.simplespoonfuls.com. And that's where I post all my different uh, weekly meal plans. Uh, you know, I kind of show you how to do everything from start to finish and all the ingredients you're going to need and how long it's going to take. But, um, you know, I kind of show the whole picture, but you can totally just pick and choose a couple things that look good to you and, and try those for starters. You don't have to do the whole enchilada, so to speak. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. And yeah, I'm always looking for inspiration. I think that's a constant hang up with clients of what do I cook? What mm -hmm. can I make that isn't boring that I've made 100 times? <laughs> so how great to have that resource. And I know you post a lot of really cool visuals on your Instagram as well. Oh, thank you. I um, love helping people with that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you're very helpful. So <laughs> you're doing a good job. Thank you. Well, thanks again for being here. I can't wait to stay connected. And I'm just so excited for everybody to have met you. Thank you so much, Brooke. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.